0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans.
1: Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam.
2: Hey to the hey, 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 I'm happy I am. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have no idea how happy I am. Okay, you guys know how happy I am. I feel bad because I am a diehard NASCAR fan, but I am very happy that the season is over. Finally. How about you, Renee?
1: Oh my gosh, it seems like it's just been forever, but. Here we are in the last episode, and uh, we're going to make it a good one.
2: Yes, we are going to make it a good one because we have a special guest, Kenny, Front Row. Kenny is back in the house. It's been a couple of episodes. You know, he had to abandon us because he was working his official job, but he is back with us for (laughs) our last podcast of the season. So I guess we just need to ask you, what do you feel about the season being over as a diehard NASCAR fan?
0: First off, thanks, guys, for having me back on again. I don't want to say I abandoned you guys. Come on now. You know, we always family. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but being a fan for so long, like, man, 38 weeks is a long, long time. I'm somewhat relieved that the season is over, especially given the fact that it's such a short off season. There's only 91 days till the Daytona 500. That's not really that long from now. But I think we had a pretty good season. I don't know how you guys feel about this year.
2: I'll go first, and I'll let Renee chime in. I thought the season was okay. I'm still trying to adjust to not having Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards, Tony Stewart, Dale Jr. We had a, I don't want to use the word, half-assed part-time season, or we received a half-assed part-time season from Matt Kenseth. No fault of his own, obviously, but I have mixed feelings feelings about the season. It was great to see Chase Elliott finally get not just one, but two wins. And NASCAR, obviously, and we'll jump into that, has a new champ. It was some excitement for a minute with the big three going at it. Kyle Busch was Kyle Busch. I don't know. I just thought if I had to grade the season on a scale of one to 10, I think I would give it a seven. Is that fair? I mean, Renee, what do you think? How do you feel about this season?
1: Well, that's pretty much in the same range that I was gonna give it. I was gonna give it like a, a six, really tell you the truth. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the only reason why I say that it was only because like it wasn't like this season was over the top like awesome or, you know, just wowing and or anything like that. Cause for the most part, here's pretty much what we got in a nutshell. The big three which included Harvick, Truex, and Kyle Busch, they just literally overtook the entire season. And I agree with you, Tam, other than Chase Elliott, uh, you know, finally coming through and winning his first race and then some, it really just was all about the big three. So it kind of just put a uh, damper on it, if you will, only in the sense of it just didn't allow for like a lot of other dramatic type of uh, other finishes or None of the other drivers really stood out other than, like we just said, uh, other than Chase Elliott. So it kind of just made it kind of bland a little bit because you kind of already knew what to expect. And what I mean by that, you kind of already knew who was going to win. It's like either going to be Harvick, it's either going to be Kyle Busch, or it's going to be Martin Juggs Jr. That was the only reason why I would say I was going to give it a six.
2: Yeah, I just feel like it just wasn't anything memorable okay, Joey got threatened by Martin Truex Jr. He said he was going to take him out, possibly. And then there was a little dust up with Eric. But ultimately, I hate to say this, but I feel like we're missing personality or the season didn't have much of a personality, if that makes sense to anybody.
1: No. Yeah.
2: That was just kind of my thought. There was nothing memorable, no... Good rivalry, no good feuds, <laughs> nothing really spectacular happened on the track. We forgot Danica raced in the 500, but even I felt like Talladega was lackluster. Oh, well, I guess there was one thing we remembered, which was Bubba Wallace. Was that this season? When he came in second?
0: Coming home second? Yeah, that was in February. Well, yeah, I, was, I,
2: I was right there in the media center. How can I forget? But that's just my point. Like, <laughs> it's just a season. First of all, it's just too long. But I don't really feel like much happened to remember, to talk about. Mm. Yep. Kenny, where would you grade it?
0: Chicagoland, I really enjoyed it. Martinsville was a great race, just off the top of my head, at least from my memory. I thought the playoffs were pretty good itself. Like you said, same thing with Chase Elliott winning. I wouldn't say it was the best season I've ever watched in my lifetime. I still think 2011 was my favorite season that I got a chance to witness when Tony Stewart won the championship. I think that was a great season. But for this one, I feel like we had a lot of ups and we had a lot of downs. We had times where it just wasn't as good. Just like you said, there's times where you didn't really have memories. I'd say up until we got to the summer portion, I think that's when things started to change up. It seems like out the Chicagoland, everything just started to change as far as what happened on track. Intensity of the racing, I felt like it got better. I'm not saying the best, but it got better than what most people would have expected. So I think a solid six and a half is a decent rating, in my opinion. I think that's generous.
2: <laughs> wow, you went lower than I did. Yeah. We did have the Roval. We forgot about that. But even no, the we did. Roval, I don't really know if that was... Enough to take my grade up from a C <laughs> to a B.
0: Nah, I wouldn't give it a 10 just based off the The Robo was great. It was a great experiment. I'm glad they actually tried something out that most people thought was going to be terrible. But it actually turned out to be a decent race and something that most people will remember from this exact season. Right.
2: Well, I guess another highlight I should include was to see Clint Boyer in the winner's circle. That was definitely a treat.
1: Yeah, that was actually really dope to see that guy getting back into the winner's circle. I mean, after so many years of not (laughs) being there and then here he comes uh, with not just one, but he, uh, he won two races, didn't he? Yep. Yep. That was fantastic.
2: In the last couple of weeks, the word duality has been kind of floating in my face a lot. So duality pretty much where there's good, there's bad, where there's cold, there's hot, where there's winners, there's losers. And my point of sharing that is that You have somebody like Clint Boyer finding himself in the winner's circle after all these years. And then you have a Denny Hamlin and a Jimmy Johnson who usually dominate, who always win a race and both have won a race for the last few years each season. Neither one of them won a race. So that's kind of interesting in terms of duality. You have a winner and you have a loser. And, but who would have ever thought that it would be Jimmy Johnson and Denny Hamlin not finding themselves in the winner's circle?
0: Huh. Yeah, if you told me that in February, I would have thought you were crazy. Nobody in their right mind would have guessed both Denny Hamlin and Jimmy Johnson would have got a win this year. That's insane. For the guys, like you said, Tim, we see them win every year. It's just so unusual, but sometimes the mighty have fallen and things like that happen. Maybe Jimmy will be back in a new type of, I don't know how to describe it, maybe a better mojo for next season with a new sponsor. Maybe that'll give him a better feel next year and see how he does. I just don't believe he'll go two years in a row without winning, but we'll see in 2019.
2: Since we've already graded the season, I guess it's only right that we talk about the last race of the season, which was Miami Homestead or Homestead, Miami, and. As we all know, and about time this podcast drops for your listening pleasure, even if you didn't watch the race, you would have already learned that Joy Logano not only won the race, but he is our 2018 NASCAR, or should I say Monster Energy NASCAR Cup champion. To break down the results from Homestead, Miami, Joy Logano was number one. Martin Truex Jr., number two, Kevin Harvick came in third, and Kyle Busch came in fourth. Ironically, all four of those drivers were our championship four, and they were competing for the title. Brad Keselowski came in fifth. Matt Kenseth, who was on the pole, came in sixth. Chase Elliott came in seventh. Clint Boyer, eighth. Eric Amarola, ninth. And Kurt Busch, tenth. What's very interesting, and Kenny, chime in on this? Do you remember hearing Chase Elliott, Eric Amarola's name, or I didn't hear Matt Kenseth's name all night. I felt like whether I was listening to MRN or NBC, everybody talked about the big four. It was like nobody else existed in this race. Would you agree?
0: I think they pretty much just focused on them, of course, but the only person that was really in the mix most of the day, aside from the big four, I guess, you could, or the championship four, you could say was Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. Those were the only two that really mixed it up up front. That was just about it. And I guess probably that one brief mention of Kenseth and Jimmy Johnson because Kyle Busch stayed out and they were 1-2 after the green flag cycles. But other than that, I didn't really hear too much else because they were the focus. And sometimes that's what happens with this uh, format. I guess you could say it would give you the notion as a broadcaster to focus on those four, because it just seems like no one else is thinking about anybody else at that point, if that makes sense.
2: True, indeed.
0: I think
1: that makes perfect sense of what you just said. And that's why it's so hard when you're in the booth, you know, those guys are that are calling and giving us the color of of the race. It's like you want to talk about some of these other drivers, but you know, and nobody's interested, but in those top four drivers, and you're like, oh, well, and you're right. I I think Larson and Hamlin were the only two that stood out in my head, too, that I went, okay, these guys look like they actually want to win this race. But um, let's be honest, ain't nobody really care about anything else but these top four drivers.
2: Well, Renee, it's interesting that you mentioned Hamlin and Larson because they were on my list of notables. Hamlin came in 12th, Larson came in 13th, and Jimmy Johnson is a notable because he's Jimmy Johnson. He came in 14th and Jimmy... McMurray, who pretty much is retiring from everything that we know, he came in 18th. Now, Hamlin and Larson were the only other two drivers aside from the championship four that led a lap. Joy led the most laps of the night with 80. Kevin Harvick led 58 laps. Larson led 45 laps. Hamlin led 41 laps. And Martin Truex Jr., as well as Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush led 21 and Truex led 20. So, very interesting. I felt like Kyle Bush didn't bring his A game, if that makes sense. I just, mm. from the time the green flag dropped, I didn't feel as if Kyle Bush was going to be a competitor. I mean, there was one little time where I was like, okay, maybe, but I just didn't have that feeling that he was going to be our champion. I did at various parts of the race believe that Harvick was going to win, Truex was going to win, or Joy was going to win. But Kyle Bush, maybe for a split second, I just felt like it wasn't there for him tonight.
0: He was having pit crew problems too. So that didn't help. Yep. That's a huge factor I thought about too, Renee. Yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing.
2: Well, what's interesting, I'll just read this off for you guys the final standings for the season. Joey Logano obviously is the top guy or top driver in points. Truex Jr. second, Harvick third, Kyle Busch fourth, Eric Amarola fifth, which is not bad. That's I guess, great good, for Eric. <laughs> yeah, great equipment <laughs> can change your entire NASCAR life, and Eric Amarola proved it. <laughs> but then it's kind of it begs the differ, you know, it begs the point. Well, what was Danica's excuse? But I just had to throw that jab out there. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Chase Elliott came in sixth. Kurt Busch seventh. Brad Keselowski eighth. Larson ninth. Ryan Blaney tenth. Denny Hamlin 11th. Clint Boyer 12th. Austin Dillon 13th. Now this is interesting. Jimmy Johnson came in 14th. Eric Jones 15th. And Alex Bowman 16th. And I'm trying to figure out who didn't make the top 16 in the final standings that was a playoff driver who am i missing kenny or renee help me out
0: well you got jimmy johnson because he made it he made the playoffs he got knocked out at the roval i think he just about got everybody yeah he made it he almost advanced if it wasn't for what happened on that last lap with him and truex we would be looking at a totally different picture possibly
2: okay well then i stand corrected and not just do i mean i definitely made a huge error. But it just does not feel like Jimmy Johnson made the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, he made it, but it just, he barely made it in and then almost got himself into the next round, but just fell a little short this season, unfortunately.
2: Okay, so I stand correct that Jimmy did make the playoffs. So the 16 drivers that I just read were all the 16 drivers that were in the playoffs, and those are the final standings in order in terms of point for the end of the season. I guess on the bright side, Jimmy cracked the top 20. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a win for him given the season he's had. And I think No God, like (laughs) me and Renee typically would say he would win something this year. Like we typically would say that once at some point, but we didn't have that conversation once this year, which is crazy. Yeah.
2: Okay. So let me ask you guys this. Did any of you guys see Joey winning? Now, We talked about this on the last episode. The big three, all of them were championship drivers heading into the final race. And of course, they were the big three that we talked about all season long. But here comes Joy, who Vegas, the odds weren't in his favorite, although he thought he was the favorite. And Joy proved everybody wrong. Did you really see that happening and playing out the way it did? Like, be honest, I posted this on Twitter. I was like, be honest, who yeah. out there really picked Joy to win?
1: You know what, Tam, when we did the previous episode right before this one here, something in my gut was, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know what, that would be just like Joey Logano to win this damn last race. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, just like, Should I pick him? And I go, well, wait a minute. I go, you know what? No, because I'm not going to pick him to win. I go, but although something about the whole situation just went, It would be just like Joey Logano to win this race. But I didn't go with Joey because I really honestly believed that Kyle Busch would win it. And I wouldn't have been surprised if Harvick won either because just the way Harvick has been racing all year. It really did come out of nowhere. But, I mean, I was just like, Joey Logano. Who said Joey Logano, your 2018, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) I mean, other than Joey Logano fans (laughs) and maybe Joey Logano. Wow.
2: I think, if I'm not mistaken, and Kenny, you can chime in on this. Everybody who won a championship this year, whether it's trucks or Xfinity, were first-time winners, right?
0: Yeah, everyone got their first championship this weekend. Yeah, but well, that's what I'm saying,
2: first championship. Oh yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Red Moffitt, Tyler Reddick, and where Tyler Reddick actually fits in this exact conversation that we're having. He was the same guy that nobody really picked or nobody really thought was going to win. He won Daytona in February. He's hung around all season. Him and Christopher Bell statistically are somewhat similar, but no one could have really picked Reddick. And a lot of people were against Logano compared to everyone else. He was the, I guess you could say the weakest in terms of statistics compared to Kyle Bush, Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex. It seemed like those guys were more than likely to win probably on that 80%. And then Joey Logano was your 20%, but he's has literally throughout his entire career has Went through the phase of people not thinking he was good enough. JGR basically having to figure out what exactly they were going to do with him. Moving Matt Kenseth to his exact same car at JGR. Then he getting the second chance at Penske and finally has gotten over the hump and got a championship. So he definitely earned it. I'll definitely say that. But he was not my pick. Harvick was my pick to win the title this year.
2: Okay. Well, as you know, me and Renee, we... Dibble and dabble with Xfinity and trucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> we stri- we stick the cup. We stick to the big boys. But I did watch both races. And shout out to my boy who is on. Well, he's not always on the pit crew, but he worked the championship race for Brett Moffat, and he got a championship under his belt for trucks. Oh man! So shout out. to That's him.
0: great.
1: Yeah,
2: he actually. Great. Well, okay, you guys know I know a lot of the pit guys. I know a lot of people who work at NASCAR. So let me just put that disclaimer out there. But, yeah. Uh, name drop. Yeah, well, you know, I got to give a shout out because it's not every day any of us are winning a championship.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Okay, I do want to kind of revisit something that I mentioned earlier about Matt Kenseth being done. I'm just like, should we call this the season of people being done because real talk jimmy johnson and chad canouse is done jamie mcmurray is done mackenzie is done cole witt is done furniture Row racing is done aj armadinger is done and nobody knows what the hell is going on with kurt bush and daniel <laughs> suarez <laughs> hey i hate to say this but we know that daniel's not gonna be done but daniel could be done where's he gonna go Where's their mm. open ride? Well, there's that. P- and then who wants to go from racing and good equipment at Joe Gibbs Racing to some other team that <laughs> nobody heard of?
0: Yeah, that's true. But, and um, then
2: it's like I'm- one last thing before you even chime in, Kenny, as well as Renee. Why would Kurt Busch leave Stuart Haas? Where's he going? Okay. You guys can talk now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, you're fine. Yeah, you're, you're fine. For me, I think Kurt Bush is more than likely headed to Ganassi. That's like the likelihood that everyone keeps talking about. Why? It kind of makes sense given what he has talked about in the past, which is trying to make an attempt to run the Indy 500 at some point. Ganassi is probably one of those guys that would be willing to let him do so. So I can definitely see that being a heavy reason. Not sure on the stock car. reason. But why
2: wouldn't Tony be okay with him doing so? I, they have a F1 team, right? Haas Animation.
0: Yeah, they got the F1 team, but even Tony himself. Tony actually made a comment recently and kind of negating his want to do another Indy 500 after what happened to Robert Wickens in July at Pocono. He's kind of completely, because he's kind of kind of dialed back on that. And he's like, man, I don't know if I could do this again. I wish I had the interview in front of me, but I do remember reading about it and him saying that he doesn't know if he'd be able to do that given the safety, the current safety of IndyCar. So he might not be willing to even let his own drivers, being an owner and a driver himself, and he knows the business. I don't think he would want his own drivers to do the same thing and be in that situation where he has a guy running an Indy 500. They're hurt in the middle of May, which is right before everything really starts to vamp up in NASCAR. You don't want that happening. You don't want a career-ending injury. You don't want anything that's going to hurt your Cup Series season, where that's where the money's being made at. So that's kind of where I see that. But
2: Hold that thought really quick. I just want to take a moment to send some well wishes to Sophia, and I will butcher her last name, but I'm going to try Flores who is 17 years old and she was running in the F3 series and pretty much her car just flew completely up in the air into it looks like a some type of building structure or whatever and she fractured her spine. As you guys know, anything back related is kind of close to me. So I definitely want to send some well wishes her way. If you guys haven't seen the accident is pretty terrifying because it's not like she hit the wall or she hit another car, but I think she made contact with the car. I'm not quite sure. It actually looks like something off of a cartoon, the way she flew in the air and into the structure. So yeah, definitely wishing her a speedy recovery.
1: Yeah. Second that motion.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a good segue to actually talk about that, because I did watch that this morning, and it was pretty terrifying. Something you just don't imagine to see, but definitely want to give prayers and thoughts to her and her team and her family and all those surrounding, because that was, man, <laughs> can't even describe it, honestly. If you haven't seen it, Renee, I would suggest you take some time to see it, because you'll probably be in the same shock that me and Tam are.
2: Yeah, I'll it's actually on our Twitter timeline, at Turns No Breaks. And it's on my Twitter timeline at I am sincerely Tam. Check it out. It is scary. It makes you question open wheel racing. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But yeah, so finish what you were saying, Kenny. Sorry about that.
0: Oh no, that's fine. Going back to open wheel racing, ironically enough. But I think that might be the biggest factor in a move over to Ganassi. That's what I'm imagining how that's gonna go. As for the 41. Really up in the era, there's been a lot of talk about Suarez moving over there. No one exactly knows if it's going to happen. There's been several several tweets from Adam Stern talking about it. And, you know, Stern doesn't get it wrong. He's the woes of motorsports, basically. So a lot of questions going into the end of this month, December, and going into January. Because you're going to see a lot of things pop up as time goes, as we have these rides open. Yeah, We don't know what's going to happen. There's still so much up in the air, but it's been a season with all these drivers moving around. It's it's crazy. I can't believe how many have moved. I know it's like musical cars here.
1: It's just, uh, (laughs) it's amazing. I don't personally remember so many changes being involved in one season as as it has been almost in this year and that it's going to be in the next year. But I think maybe some of this might do some good for some of these drivers. You know, it's just like how I've always thought And I think I've alluded to this before on on previous podcasts to Tam, but sometimes it's just like anything else when you have an athlete of any sport and sometimes you just need change. You know what I mean? You just need to go to a different team. You just need a different type of scenery. And sometimes that helps you kind of clear out mentally all the stuff that didn't go right. And a perfect example is if let's take Jimmy Johnson, for example, you know, he had just an atrocious year this year. But getting out from his sponsorship with Lowe's and going into another sponsorship, of, sometimes I think just a little bit of change is what some of these guys need and, and some of these athletes need in general because it kind of cleans the slate and you start new. And sometimes that, that helps out and sometimes it doesn't. But I guess it, that remains to be seen in 2019.
2: And see, I think that's everything that's wrong with NASCAR right now. It's too much change. All the time, change, change, change. And we're losing too much and too many drivers in such a short period of time. Okay, I I hate to sound like a broken record, and I understand that (laughs) change is a part of life, but who do you root for when your favorite driver is gone? It's just so much, and it's hard to keep up. Like this entire season, every time I saw the number 20, I still was thinking Matt Kenseth, not realizing that it was Eric Jones. (laughs) i find myself all the time trying to figure out okay 19 car is no longer carl edwards it's daniel suarez the 20 is eric jones but my mind was like okay matt kinsett is racing in this race but it's not clicking to me that he's in the number six car and then i'm like okay well no maybe that's trevor bain this week like i'm confused (laughs) 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 <laughs> and being confused is not good
1: I think I was still looking at the 24 thinking it was Chase Elliott
2: oh you know what can I tell you something I've done that probably half of the season really yes yeah. it, it yeah. has I, I know he's not in the 24 <laughs> and I know that is William Byron in the 24 but I know it hasn't actually clicked or it doesn't click automatically I have to really like Say, oh, okay, it's not him. And in fact, forgive me if I've actually posted anything with the wrong car (laughs) because (laughs) that's a huge thing for me. I mean, I get his change and why, but it's just kind of like, you went from the iconic 24 to your dad's car. I would have rather Chase started his career with his dad's number.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: And I don't want to say that William Byron's not living up to the hype of the 24, but...
0: Uh, William Byron's a rookie. People got to give him a break. He's a rookie. It's not going to be instant success. It's just not.
2: No, it's not. But there's no instant anything. He's not memorable. We don't hear much from him to even know what kind of personality he has.
0: Mm. I don't know. I feel like enough people have known who he was based on, guess what, Rick Allen's famous quote about him. You know, he came from iRacing. That's where a lot of people know him from, actually. And that's where I actually learned about William Byron, as a matter of fact, purely off of iRacing. I know that's like, we talk about that a lot, but that's where most people know him from.
2: This is my whole argument about a sport that needs to grow. You are a fan, you're an existing fan who's into all that. Me and Renee, we don't know much about iRacing. Renee, you know anything about iRacing? not really okay <laughs> no
0: i get that 100 percent. though i completely understand where you're fans, coming from but i'm just right saying, right
2: somebody who is the leisure fan who's like just so happen is flipping the boot tube and coming well you <laughs> wouldn't even really come across nascar because it's never on a regular channel but just right. say if you was in flipping from espn to nbc sports or something and you came across nascar and that's another thing i mean i'm not advocating accidents or anything but i think about how that daytona 500 when brad keselowski was tweeting or when pablo montoya got hit the jet dryer that brought fans to the sport because even if you didn't watch nascar you was like what's going on like i had so many people like what's going on explain to me so it's like going back to me giving NASCAR a C minus C plus for this season there wasn't anything that was memorable there wasn't anything that happened that attracted new fans so going to my point or my point about William Byron is that there's just no personality you know him from iRacing but I don't aside from that if I'm a new fan why am I gonna be interested in him
0: it's a valid point
2: like, real talk, because see, that's a valid picture. point.
0: It's not wrong. Like, I completely understand. I agree to that. And again, I've said this, and not even just regarding the drivers itself, something that's always kind of, like, bothered me. If you've ever watched a NASCAR race on NBC, Fox Sports, doesn't matter which one, I've always thought this was weird, that they show NASCAR commercials during the race rather than promoting the same thing they're promoting to like me and you all are fans already like promoting to us instead of promoting with other sports like during the football game or during hockey whatever it is I've always thought that was weird and I think that's kind of another thing that needs to change as well but to the driver's standpoint I think that's also on who they work with their PR reps their teams they have to market them there's no just Pop up William Byron, like that's just him. No, you gotta market this dude. You have to make advancements to understand who he is as a person. I agree with you wholeheartedly, especially to attract the fan that doesn't know anything, like at all. Like the casual that just happened to be scrolling on Twitter, maybe happened to be watching a race, just like you said. I agree
2: 110%. But I will tell you, the best part of watching a race, the championship race, was that DJ Irie did his thing with the intros. It was some diversity for once in terms of the music. So, if you, in fact, the craziness, I didn't realize that it was actually DJ Irie. And if you guys aren't familiar, DJ Irie is the Miami Heat official DJ, but his resume and his accomplishments far exceed just being the Miami Heat DJ. He has built up an oppressive resume prior to that in terms of celebrity status, but. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was DJ Irie until one of my boys, Cisco, who is a writer as well as, he does a little bit of everything, but he's the spirit guy. If you want to know anything about alcohol, that's his world. <laughs> no, I mean legitimately. I forgot, what do they call the people who are like the whiskey people and stuff like that? I don't know the correct term. Alcoholics.
1: For <laughs> what are they? The people that just drink whiskey in general?
2: No, they're the people who are like the experts when it comes to like whiskey and...
1: Oh, like connoisseurs kind of sort of?
2: Well, it's an official name for it. I just can't think oh, of yeah. it. But yeah, like that. But he works with various brands and stuff like that. But nonetheless, he was doing something with NASCAR this weekend and they brought him out to Miami and he was posting on Insta stories and... He understands a little bit about NASCAR because he and I, in fact, I feel like the first race I ever went to was with him like a decade ago or something like that. But he and I have been to a race together before. In fact, we went to a race with Crown Royal. (laughs) We went to Indianapolis a thousand years ago. He is aware (laughs) of NASCAR. He is not a super fan. But when he was posting to his Insta stories, of course, that got him like, yo, NASCAR is lit. And I was like, see, this is how you attract fans. If you want to attract fans, you have to diversify and bring something other than what the, I mean, you know, I understand it's a balance of keeping the old fans happy, but me and Renee live in Los Angeles. We ain't about the country music life. Well, I don't want to speak for Renee, but because Renee is from Texas, (laughs) well, but I I know
1: I do do like country music. It's just that I listen to it on my own time when I'm just you know in a certain mood. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Exactly.
0: I mean, I am from Texas, so yeah, country is cool. Not like a super fan by any means, but uh, I know who Justin
2: Moore is. That's about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, the thing is, I do know a few country music people, but the people that I know are more. They're on that border of country music and pop.
0: Ah, so like that right in between. But, um, yeah. I didn't even know that, that the same DJ from The Heat was there. I wouldn't have known that until you actually said that because I, I wasn't watching pre race um on TV. I was just listening to the radio. But, huh, that's pretty neat to bring someone out like that. And that does help, especially when you bring somebody to the track for the first time. I'm like, oh man, we're we seeing this? Like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to come back again. You know, that'll get somebody to come back more than likely. Yeah. Not guaranteed, uh, I, but more than likely.
2: Irie's first song was, I believe the first song he played was, Bring Em Out, Bring Em Out. My Excuse man. Bring em Out, Bring em Out. <laughs> I was like, who is on the turntables? And then Bruce Buffer was like, let's get ready. And I was like, okay. I, I mean, I was really hyped. Yeah. But then I think personally... The race was exciting because it was the championship race. But if it wasn't, I was over the race.
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Miami's a really good track. And it's, I've told you this before. I think it's the best track to end the season on. I know people have chatted about, let's switch it out every year. I don't think you're going to be able to get that element anywhere else, honestly. Like Miami is it. It's the perfect mile and a half track. You're starting the day. You come into the night, whoever's really good at the end is going to be really good. Whoever's good in the beginning is going to be good. I think it's the perfect championship spot. Yeah. Then again, it is Miami. I mean- (laughs) That too. Yeah, yeah, that too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Come on. You don't care who you are. Any time to be in Miami is the perfect time to be there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) I agree. We ran a poll and we simply asked, is this race good or is it just because it's the championship race? That you're enjoying it. Hashtag NASCAR, hashtag championship four. Now, it's interesting how the results have changed because at first, most people were saying that it was not a good race, but it shaped up to be a good race, but I still feel it was only really good because it was the championship. But 64% said yes, they were enjoying it. 18% said not a good race, and another 18% said it's so so. So I guess I stand corrected. People enjoyed the race. What else do we need to talk about? This is the last podcast of the season. Yeah. What do you guys want to talk about? Oh, actually, I guess we should ask the question. Should NASCAR consider rotating the championship race or should it be in Miami every year?
0: You know my stand on that. I think I just made my feelings known about it.
2: (laughs) And Kenny, what do you think?
0: I think no. I think Miami has like birthed itself into like the best spot. It used to not be a really good spot to have a championship. Up until 2003, when they added the progressive banking and started to race a little bit later than they usually did, and it goes from day to night, literally just made it a perfect track, perfect spot. During this time of the year, I think it's perfect because it's not too hot in Florida. It's kind of cool, at night at least, and It just puts on a good show. The drivers have more than one lane to ride in. It's perfect. I think it's perfect. It really is a driver's track, and whoever's really good typically will end up being the one that wins.
2: Okay. As far as my thoughts on it, I'm all about mixing things up. I don't really care one way or the other. If they decided Mm. to change it, I do think Miami should be on the schedule, but if they decided to change up the championship race every year, I'm okay with that. Now, here's a question, though, for both of you guys. Do you think Miami should be added and we should race twice a year at Miami or no?
1: Including the last race of the season like we had this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, like now we race twice in Vegas because I feel like Vegas and Miami are better destinations.
1: Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. I think NASCAR should make it twice a year, just like Vegas. And I'm in agreement with Kenny as well. I just think it's a great track in general. So I wouldn't mind seeing the races there twice a year. And then, like I keep saying, I mean, it's just Miami. Come on. Like, let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, for me, I have no idea where you place on the schedule if you give it a second date. It would be cool. But at the same time, I don't know where you would put it sometime in like April, maybe. Not sure where you would place it because it's a good spot just like Vegas, especially in regards to a casual fan that's just in town that weekend, just happens to have a ticket or something of that nature. Both of those cities are perfect destination cities, just like what you both have said. So I don't know. I don't think two would do that place any good. I think just one needs to stick how it is now.
2: Okay. Well, I was thinking in terms of weather, Miami is somewhat like California. Weather is pretty decent all year long, so why not?
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's true.
2: Like I said, this is our last podcast of the season. Clearly, we are coming close to the end of the show I think the only thing we need to talk about or there's left to talk about is Steve Phelps. He addressed the media for 45 minutes and he had a lot to say. But for the most part, it all boiled down to him saying that they were going to look into making some changes, which is this reoccurring thing. I don't know. It's just always things are changing in NASCAR. Kenny, I would love to hear your thoughts on Steve Phelps' comments because I'm sure you have read them and are aware of them. And Renee, you can chime in and then we can say our goodbyes to the party people that are listening.
0: For me, um, I read what Phelps had to say this morning about everything kind of trying to change for the foreseeable future. I think what needs to be said and needs to be noticed just all across the board is that not everything is okay. We're looking at a brand new package for next year, and that's huge on a lot of fans, and a lot of fans are really against it already, and we haven't seen a lick of race in the 2019 yet. A lot of people are mad about it. A lot of people, he thinks that this is going to be a great fix. Well, Maybe it'll bring a casual fan in. I have no idea. If you bring all the cars close as we think they're going to be, maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll be a good thing. Maybe, as he also mentioned about making changes for the schedule in 2020, maybe we'll actually get those changes that we want. I'm not sure how drastic that they will be, but perhaps we finally get some of those tracks that we want. People want the Nashville Fairgrounds, for example. I've heard some people say they want Road America on the Cup schedule, Road Atlanta, Somehow, some way, making it on the Cub schedules. A lot of tracks a lot of us want. Another good thing I thought he pointed out was the fact that there's a real big gap between the short track world, which is all the late model race and the NASCAR sanctions by the Will and, or the Will and American, All American series, all of those sanctioning bodies that they do across the entire United States at plenty of tracks, probably like tracks that are close to you guys. Example, like Irwindale, for example, is a NASCAR sanctioned track when it comes to stuff like that. Right. Is to keep all of that and promote it within the Cup Series. You know, the big time. You can say the National Series. You need to have cross promotion and then it needs to be a better relationship between the big leagues and the grassroots. There needs to be a way, way better connection. I think the people who they can really help out with that, and I hope Phelps actually makes a big advancement towards that, is using wheeling. Wheeling is really about a lot of the grassroots racing. You see wheeling everywhere in grassroots racing, especially the modified series. So I think it'd be huge for them to continue to grow that relationship and make that better because that's really what made NASCAR grow at a time. It made it grow substantially because you've got the grassroots guys and then you have The National Series, guys. They used to mix it up a ton back in the day, but you know times have changed. So hopefully there's a lot of good change coming in the future for sure.
1: I'm pretty much in agreement with with pretty much all you said there, Kenny. Here's the thing: I'm glad that he addressed the media in that way and and was talking about all the positiveness that he wants to bring to the sport, not not just next year, but for the following years to come. And all you can do as a fan, and especially as a uh, diehard fan such as us three are, and even our listeners that are listen to this podcast and and, and any other NASCAR podcast that they listen to, you just hope that he comes through with a lot of these changes that he wants to bring and he makes good on some of these promises that he's talking about. We talk about this all the time here, especially on this podcast, me and Tam do. But any time that somebody wants to change and NASCAR wants to move forward with some kind of changes, as long as it helps promote this sport more than it already is, I think the better because It just goes back to just a casual fan of watching the sport. You want to attract more audience and you want to attract a different audience, a diverse audience. And I think that will help kind of move the sport forward. So whatever changes he talks about or will talk about or brings up, uh, whether it's tomorrow or in the future or next year, I hope it's just somewhat in a positive way that we can do it and we can start moving this sport into a bigger spotlight because I would love to see NASCAR on a bigger spotlight than what it is already now. So, I mean, and I know it's popular, but it's not as popular as some of the other sports. But I can tell you this, as we wind down into this last podcast, this is the part that I do hate is when the season comes to an end and then you're hoping that there's another race, but then a part of you goes, man, I'm really glad that the season is over (laughs) because you're like, man, it's so long. But I will hate knowing that this was the last race and we're coming to a close on our last podcast for the year.
2: I don't even know if I should comment on that because you guys know how I feel right about now. I am glad (laughs) that the season is over. It's been a long nine months. It's too long. Ironically, speaking of change, let's not forget that Brent Dewar is not going to be with us in terms of his current position. So that should definitely change a few things at NASCAR. And of course, we know Brian France had to step down and he's dealing with his situation. So again, it's change. Again, too much change. Not that I'm not a person who doesn't appreciate change, but at some point, you got to stick with something and roll with it. You rarely see NFL making changes to the rule books in the middle of the season. (laughs) NBA doesn't do it either. No. Only NASCAR on a Tuesday will make a change on a Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Ain't that the truth.
2: And then you have drivers kind of similar to what happened a couple of weeks ago with Kirk Bush not understanding and was like, dude, just bring me the freaking handbook. So you know, like it's yeah it's just constant change and at some point people don't like change
0: yeah you, you that's, adjust that's true. to
2: it but again let's think about all the drivers and i started to say this earlier but i didn't quite finish my thought but no jeff gordon no dale jr no tony stewart no uncle cousin carl edwards now no matt Kenseth, no aj Allmendinger, no jamie mcmurray who am i forgetting Oh, and Greg Biffle.
0: Good old Greg Biffle. (laughs) He's still racing. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, he's still out there racing a little bit.
2: So now you have all those drivers gone, and then you got drivers changing numbers. (laughs) I'm just so confused. Yeah. (laughs) But not to be a complainer, because clearly we love this sport, because we don't get paid to do this podcast. We do this podcast for the love of the sport. And speaking of, shout out to a few brands that we work with this year, including Shell. Shell Pennzoil is actually Joy Logano's long-term sponsor and main sponsor, and they won. So shout out to them. We've worked with them, at least I have over the years, and I always appreciate working with them. Shout out to Ford, Buick, who has given me cars to get to and from the track on race day. Who else? Chevy. Shout out to Chevy. Oh, and speaking of, I do want to break this down really quick. As you know, Ford, they won 19 races. Toyota 13 and Chevy Ford. It's the year of Ford. Ford hadn't won. They hadn't had a championship driver since what? 2004?
0: 2000. Yeah, Kurt Busch. yeah. Yeah, Kurt Busch is the last one.
2: Yeah, so shout out to Ford and-
1: Oh, and a shout out to Kingsford.
2: Oh, yeah. Shout out to Kingsford. If you guys don't remember, Renee and I barbecued and we live tweeted. Next year, if we come back, and I say the word if because we have to see once the season, closer to the season, we'll figure out if we're going to do the podcast again. Yeah. We've done the podcast three years. Three long years. (laughs) So we're not saying that it's the end, but we're just saying we don't know at this moment. We may come back. And I feel like we're missing some other. Oh, shout out to Valvoline. We didn't work with Valvoline this year, but we worked with Valvoline last year. Right. And we have some other people. Old Spice, shout out to Old Spice. I'm forgetting some other brands that we've worked with that have either given us products or cars or something. And, you know, we've given you guys products. So shout out to all those guys. And shout out to Kenny. Thank you. We appreciate you. We are happy that you have come on the show and listen to Renee and I, especially myself, ramble and add your insight <laughs> because your insight is very different than ours. Because at times, Renee and I just have so much going on. It's like, okay, we watch the races on Sundays and we jump on the podcast. And during the week, I'm trying to keep up. NASCAR is just a lot for people like us who have, not to say other people don't have much going on, but you guys get where I'm going. So yeah. And Renee, thanks for showing up every week. I enjoy talking to you.
1: Thank you, Tam, for showing up every week as well. And I know sometimes we get tired and we don't want to do it. And, you know, we get caught up in <laughs> our own lives. And and believe it or not, Kenny, the crazy thing is, is because me and Tam just kind of uh, are on different sides of the spectrum to a certain extent when it comes to time, because she uh goes to bed early and i and I'm kind of a more of a night owl uh but um and sometimes it's tough because when she's tired, I'm kind of like, all right, well, I'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Tam, for ha- hanging in there with me and It's always a pleasure you know doing the podcast each and every week and here's to you and Kenny for another wonderful season of this podcast and uh like Tam said before, you listeners out there, we're gonna try to see how it looks when we uh come back next year. And um, we'll see where this podcast goes.
2: Oh, and one last shout out. And that is to all of our loyal friends to the show. Forgive me if I forget anybody, but I'm going to try to name off a few people that I know listen to the show off the top of my dome. And if you guys don't know, that's the top of my head. (laughs) Let's see. (laughs) Kobe Lambeth, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you. Oh, Graydon Bunn. Shout out to Graydon and his boys. Each week as a family, they get together and they predict who they think will win the race. And they have like every die cast card there is known to NASCAR fans. And they post photos and they tag us in their photos of their picks. Let's see. Who else am I forgetting? Oh, Patrick Drone. Shout out to Patrick. Bill Steinbeck, shout out to Bill Loose Lugnuts on Twitter. Who else am I missing? Oh, Don Delarente. He's been down with us since day 1. Gray Clark. Right on. Sandra, there are a bunch of people that listen and everybody else who we don't know by name. That's because you guys don't leave comments, but if you leave comments, we'll be sure to give you a <laughs> shout out the next time. For myself, Renee And Kenny, I guess this is bye-bye. We're gone, but we're still on social. So follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will be posting throughout the off-season on all those social media channels. Again, it's at turns, no breaks. And I guess I'll let Renee wrap us up because that's usually his job. Renee?
0: I got one more thing real quick before you guys wrap up. Um, just wanna first off and say thank you guys for having me on again and for the last two and a half years. You guys have always supported me. You guys have always been there for me. I really do appreciate it. Cause as a matter of fact, I found a tweet from twenty sixteen in August when I first launched the Provisional Podcast. And Tam, you had commented on it like good luck. And it's kind of crazy how two years have passed by. All that's happened. I've done the podcast, been on you your guys' show and a few other people's show. Then on top of that, now where I'm at, at the Motor Racing Network, which is pretty cool. So I'm really thankful for your support and for both you guys' support and just absolutely happy that you guys have been able to do this pod for so long. And it's been entertaining. And I'm glad to have some people of color, for one, (laughs) doing this as well. So it's been pretty cool to watch you guys take this journey. And hopefully in 2019, we'll have you guys back.
2: Yep. You got African American and a Hispanic talking last part. Don't get no <laughs> better <see>? than that.
0: <laughs> hey, look, that was my draw. Hey, listen, when I first saw your pod, I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, yo, that's cool.
2: <laughs> just giving the disclaimer, to know Renee and I is to know that neither one of us really see color because it's just not the makeup of who we are. Right. If you listen to any episode of this podcast, you already know that Renee and I actually We listen to EDM, and if you don't know, that's electronic (laughs) music.
0: Hey, EDM (laughs) is cool. (laughs) house music.
2: We're not not your average NASCAR fan, but we are (laughs) fans just like you. So don't let anything like us being African-American and Hispanic change your opinion because, hey, it is what it is. Oh, yeah. We got love for everybody.
1: Always. Gotta always show love. Kenny, why don't you uh, give uh, the listeners uh, where they can find you on social media?
0: Now you guys can find me on social media at Front Row Kenny. I'm always on Twitter, always talking to Tam, always talking to Renee. And make sure you guys also hop on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern for NASCAR Talk. Make sure you guys join in on that. We're going to talk about everything. So, yeah.
2: Oh, and one last shout out. I feel like I owe the PETM podcast guys a shout out because they kind of been around from day one, too so shout out to those guys
1: right on right on
2: I think that's about it we done shouted out everybody let me show yeah, like, shout out I to the walking did. dead because I will be watching you every Sunday now that NASCAR <laughs> is over shout out to the NFL <laughs> shout out to Ray yeah, Donovan okay. on my shout Sunday out to program every other
1: sport that's on right now
2: <laughs> right okay Renee wrap us up
1: okay here we go guys uh once again The ultimate shout-out is to our listeners, and you guys know who you are. Thank you for listening to us each and every week. For Tam, myself, Front Row Kenny here on the show with us today, ladies and gentlemen, we are definitely going to miss you. Please don't make no mistake that not only do we love NASCAR, but we love you as our fans and our supporters that have supported us for the last several years of listening to our podcast. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. We just don't know for sure right now, but right now we're going to say yes. We will see you next year.
2: Bye-bye. See ya. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.